Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech radio with a difference. Talk radio. Hey, Paul. Hello. Hello. Catherine, young Catherine, from what I can tell. Catherine, Kate Paul, how have you been, darling? I'm fine, thank you. Which Paul is this? This is Paul Innocent. Oh. <laughs> of course it is. How are you doing, Paul Innocent? I'm not bad, darling. How are you? Not, how have you been? not bad at all. Long time no speak. How's the acting going? Well, still, I know that virtue to be a new Brutus. Shakespeare's still at the top of the agenda. Excellent. Uh, apart, apart from that, still having to do the nine to five client. Ah! Oh, <laughs> as they say. But the part, you know, I'm, I'm creeping along slowly but surely, getting there. Um, still working on an American screenplay to our feature film, hoping oh. to get that released sometime in the next two years. But um, anyway, how how is Ian? I think he's not there. He's not here. Right? He's gone away with his boys for a week, um, and okay. I think he's probably listening. So, Ian, how are you? Oh, he says it's none of your business. Um, but he's all right, having. Ian. I, right. I, I know for a fact he's having. I know for a fact he's having a good time, and obviously good. missing good. you like crazy, Paul Innocent. Oh, I've missed him. My, my friend Sleep John B said to me, "Get back on the radio. They're missing you, Paul." <laughs> so I thought to myself, "There's too much tonight," uh, and that was it, really. So I, I've, you know, I've made them wait long enough. Well, you know. thank you for checking in. Thank you for checking. I will say, before we leave, um, I, I was quite intrigued by the previous interview about uh, uh, it's, it's very sad that she had the job, the, the interview, before you, you managed to speak to her. Yeah, because it. It, you know? it does feel crappy having gone for it four times before, right? So she's mm. been the fifth time and been turned down again. I think that's awful. I mean, you know how I see it when it comes to audition? It's their loss. Yeah. It's not her loss, it's their loss. All right? So if she's listening, darling, it's their loss. You go for another job and say, screw you. Well, exactly. I think five times is more than enough, don't you? I think it's well over. I think after the second off, they say three times lucky. But the other two, just no, no, no. You know, it's ridiculous. Move along. They don't know what they've got. No matter what they've got, no matter what they're offering. It's not worth her losing that amount of dignity. She's a lovely girl by the sounds of it, you know, and... uh, I'm sorry to hear it went south, but, you know, it's one out of the billion opportunities. This, and it doesn't matter. It's infinitesimal. This is oh. right. And I think your advice is, is uh, advice that's been well earned over the years, because obviously as an actor, you've had your fair share of rejections. 
Oh, you get it all the time, and you just have to say, well, it's your loss, mate. You know, you're looking for somebody with a different chisel, the picture, face of what I forgot. I understand that, but uh, there's a bigger job down the corner that's going to be a hell of a lot better for me, a hell of a lot better in quality, financially, and all sorts of other things which are going to be great for me. So it's all, it's all the part of fate, yeah. you see. Sound so, advice. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. All right, kid. Tell you and I'll send him my love, and I'll check in with you in a couple of weeks' time again. All brilliant. Right? Thanks very much, Paul. Paul Innocent there. He's an actor. Can you tell? Amy, I hope you were listening, because that was some brilliant advice there. Hello, Steve McEwen. Hello there. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Now, Steve uh, has been tweeting <laughs> me about something really interesting that you're up to. Uh, it's, it's happening tomorrow, is that right? It's, uh, I'm up at probably 5am tomorrow morning after driving two hours back from uh, the clinic to home. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, it starts very early. Um, it's, uh, we're starting from uh, Eastbourne Pier. We're making our way all the way to Southampton uh, over four days. And this is um, this is a walk-in aid of young minds, is that right? Young minds, yes. Young people, um, partly because you, I believe this is this is where the, the most of the problems begin. Uh, they develop and naturally I'm helping adults through it as well. So it, it, I'm not even sure who I'm going to get. Um, that's going to be a now, you're talking yeah. about who you're going to get because you're not just walking. Cause people will be listening going, oh, you know, people no. phone up all the time trying to yeah. get sponsorship for their walks of and stuff. Of course, no. I'm, but you're I'm doing something a bit different. So, yes, I'm actually offering free therapy all the way. Um, and my colleagues that are joining me uh, are going to be offering informal therapy. So in other, in other words, informal therapy, just talking to your friends and, you know, your local barber down, down the road. Um, and obviously it's an aid of getting people to, remove, to reduce the stigma that's associated to mental health and get okay. people talking. Okay. It's a long one. So what's the score? They'll be walking with you and you do, what, a therapist's hour, which is, I believe, about 50 minutes? <laughs> do you know what? You're absolutely right. It's about 50 minutes, but not my 50 minutes. I'm usually, I could be a lot longer than that. <laughs> usually I'm late. Usually it goes on, like today, I was absolutely late. I, I'm lucky I had an extra half an hour between to catch up. Uh-huh. Um, but, but, but no, do, do you know what? Whoever turns up, they can walk with me for as long as their little legs will take them. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, I've, I've sort of trained. You know, I do lots of uh, deadlifts to try and cope. Um, I, I'm, I'm worried about my hips, but at least I'm not going to turn in any corners, just walking in a straight line. So I should be all right. I'm hopefully going to make it at the end. How will they be able to spot you, Steve? Because I'm imagining there'll be some walkers who um, yeah. risk being um, given quite a lot of information they've not asked for if we're not careful. Yeah, do you know what? I'm hoping for a pilgrimage. So you should see us at a very long line. Um, we'll be wearing yellow T-shirts. There's going to be some four of us starting. There was going to be a few more, but some people have sort of chickened out, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, the thought of walking all that way uh, and having people come up that, you know, some of them, it's going to be quite tough because not everybody is equipped to be able to give sort of information and deal with. I mean, we've had conversations about it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's quite hard dealing with a lot of that emotional tension that you almost pick up as you, 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 you're speaking to people. Um, and all that transference and dealing with emotion, it, yeah, it's, it's quite tough. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, though. I mean, this is what I do. Yeah. How long have you been a therapist, Steve? About 16 years. I may, um, really? Uh, yeah, a long time. Yeah, a lot, too, too long in some respects. But, it, you know, it, it, I've gone from deal, doing standardised sort of counselling to sort of training in everything. I get bored quite easily. So <laughs> I've, I've, I've studied NLP. I've done psychoanalysis that's my my bag i do hypnosis uh so i think that all needs to be on the nhs i think they provide you know the the general problems in society now i think they're trying to deal with like trying to paint the golden boat bridge with a 
with a toothbrush. Yeah. Then if they're never going to solve the problem with the type of therapy they're offering at the moment because everybody's different. Everybody needs a different approach. Yeah, I was listening to um, Scroobius Pips. One of his latest podcasts is, is an interview with yeah. Johan Harry, who yeah. was in the news last year because um, the short the shortcut to what he was talking about in his book. It was called yeah. Lost Connections, was, oh, you know, antidepressants don't work. That's not what he's saying at all. He was saying that there's an over-reliance on the um, biological of explanation for depression. And actually, there are so many other factors in it. And, and instead of asking what's wrong with you, really, people should be asking what happened to you. Of course, yeah. I mean, you, you've got to look at development and, you know, the things that we experienced in our cognition early on are the things that we create a filter for which we look at the rest of our life. And all we ever do is try and you know, validate those experiences by anticipating in, in line with that. And, and that's what people are doing nowadays. And, and I think, you know, it will, it will get worse. So it's partly to do with the internet, it's partly to do with social media. Yeah. It, kids aren't being able to experience in the way that possibly you and I would have, you know, it's only, we're not talking a huge, you know, many, many decades. Mm -hmm. You're talking like 20 years. You know, kids can't climb trees anymore. You know, kids don't go up on the, you know, to the to local town centre or buy a bus. You know, I did that at the age of 10. Yeah. Nowadays, that would be seen as child neglect. Uh, or at least my mum would report it to the DSS. You know, yeah. sort of. this, yeah, but the, nowadays, it's so much fear. And fear stops kids uh, sort of developing cognition. Right. The, the stat um, that they gave was, if you were a prisoner in a, in a, um, a high-security prison, you're entitled yeah. to 70 minutes fresh air every day, and kids aren't getting that. Of course they're not. Um, they're spending more time either on their phones or literally in their bedrooms playing yeah. the games. Yeah. I remember when I was younger, I used to get bored. I'd look out the window and wondering, you know, if oh, I God. could go out. The worst thing in the summer is if you got sent to bed early <laughs> and you can hear all the other kids <laughs> out on their yeah. bikes. But yeah, I, you like know, eight o'clock it is light. <laughs> but, but we're sounding like old farts now because things have moved on. But this, at the same time, you know, playing a computer game where you're having adventures isn't the same as actually having an adventure, is it? No, no, of course not. You know, uh, 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 cognition is something that is so important because it requires knowledge, uh, knowledge through through thinking. Um, you know, and that and that essentially, if that's being underdeveloped, you're you're getting someone that will have a cognitive disorder. Right. It's all about anticipation. You know, you you anticipate certain certain circumstances, and that builds up our cognition so therefore you know it becomes almost like a, a wiring system you know we know that certain scenarios will produce certain feelings but a lot of kids nowadays I mean I'm talking 20 year olds that are just leaving university and then thrown out in the big bad world mm -hmm. and some grumpy old boss is shouting at them and they're feeling upset right because they've but never I'm been spoken sure. to like that before yeah it, it, you know it, it, nowadays it will, I mean, it will change eventually, but I think there's a lot of investment that's needed and there's a lot a lot more to be done within society for that to change. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, it's just really unfortunate right right now in the system. Are people seeking out therapy more? Because um, it used to be a very American idea. Yeah, I think people are. I, I think, you know, the, the more we, you know, put it out there, the more people are going to want therapy. And unfortunately, there will be people jumping on board that will not necessarily to be as bad as you know as someone else um so you know th there are people that don't need it and there's some people that really do need it and because the people that really do need it are the ones that then you know are being left aside and i think the problem is with the system is only they only offer successions and it's cbt mm. you know once you've done your successions that's it you know you've got to find another another route and the problem mm. is is that the success rate is only 45 percent of what they're seeing of the 15 percent 
of the population that they, 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 so they their on, target you, was. You get six sessions and 45, sessions. and it's helping 45%, which is amazing. 45%, but, but, but that's 45 of 15% of their target. Right. 15% target. Right. So there's another 85% of people that have got problems that are not being seen. Yeah. And over half of those people, uh, under half of those 15%, are actually getting success. Right. That, to me, if I was running at a 45% success rate, I wouldn't be in business. No. And the other thing is that it means that people who can't afford to go private and to sort sort yeah, their own care out are just being left to flounder. They are. You know, another six sessions. You have, you have six sessions, and if you're bad enough, you might get to see a psychiatrist, but we'll just stick you on drugs. God. I mean, you know, that's the state we're in. And it, it just, do you know what? It, I see people that can afford to see me i work in quite an affluent area but you know there's some people that can barely afford it and do you know what you know i, I see some people for free i don't want to advertise that but yeah. occasionally i do yeah. you know because it is a very serious case and sometimes sometimes it, it takes that that little bit of effort and this is why i'm doing this walk yeah. because i want to i want to i want to be, get out there and show that you know things can be done you know all right, I'm walking. There's only so much I can do. There's the skills that I can't, you know, get people in a certain uh, uh, perspective to be able to help them. But do you know what? I'm lending an ear. And, I'm, you know, it, it's, it's about getting people to understand that, you know, you can talk, you need to talk. Yeah. Because otherwise, too much exposure to those feelings will, will do you not, not just mental damage, but physical damage. Yeah, it's fascinating um, stuff. So remind us exactly where you'll be and, um, and, right. and, you can, and I'll let you plug your GoFundMe as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, at nine o'clock, I'll be at Eastbourne tomorrow. Um, we will probably arrive at um, Brighton um, following day. So we'll sleep over. We get up at nine o'clock, walk from Brighton Pier all the way to Littlehampton, sleep over the night, get up in the morning at nine o'clock again from Littlehampton Pier all the way to Haven, sleep the night, get up. And we'll be walking from Haven uh, Town Centre all the way to um, uh, Southampton. So it's going to be a right old trek. <laughs> Uh, it really is, and to, to be like I said, I don't know what I'm going to get. We're, we're walking through some real horrible hotspots. Yeah, I know that uh, Ian Lee's in Southampton somewhere. Uh, Pepper Pig World. I saw a video <laughs> he of him he wasn't Pepper Pig World. He might need some therapy after that. To be honest, T- tell him to pop along. I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll call him out. Well, to actually, we're going to be in Brighton on Saturday, but I don't know whether our uh, our oh, hours will coincide. We'll see. We'll Where, see. Whereabouts are you Saturday night? Because I've got um, John Gooden coming coming along with me and Phil Berman. USB uh, MMA commentator presenter. Oh wow! Uh, so we could probably meet you. Up. My mum and dad are coming as well. They're, are they? they're, they're our um, they're, they're our support vehicles. Saturday night we're <laughs> going to be um, doing a, a podcast at the Carolina Brunswick at pub in Brighton. Carolina Brunswick. Will you put that on your tweet. Yeah. And then I'll, 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 maybe we'll head along. We'll, right. uh, we'll be able to get in. Or you can give get us a name on the door. You, you can give us a ring and tell us where you, what you've been up to if you want as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll give you a ring. Maybe I'll do that that, that tomorrow night if you're about. Yeah, so you're on. actually doing that tomorrow night. Sorry. No, we're doing Saturday night. night. Yeah. Yeah, well, I might ring in tomorrow night as well All and right. say hi. I cool. might get John to maybe call in as well so yeah. we can all have a chat. And let us know how you get on. All right, that'd be yeah, groovy. So, so you still alive. What's your GoFundMe? It's GoFundMe.com? It is. It is GoFundMe.com um, forward slash. Uh, I've even forgot it, you know. Um, the, walk, the, the hyphen walking hyphen uh, therapist. Beautiful. So that's it's a long one, but you can find it. If you type in Steve McEwen Walk, you'll probably find that a lot easier. All right, brilliant. Well, good stuff, Steve, and I wish you all the luck uh, in the world with uh, it. Thank you very much, and all the best for your show tonight. Yeah, I'll speak to you later. Thanks very much, Steve. No problems. Thanks Steve, very much. Cheers. Steve McEwen. Bit of free therapy. You'll have to walk for it, but you won't be paying for it. 0344 499 if you want to give me a ring. I'm going to speak to Paul after the break, and then it could be... 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech radio with a difference. Talk radio. I'm not usually bothered about the Rolling Stones, but I think that's a belter, don't you? All right, you can pack that in. 0344-499-1000, I'm Catherine Boyle. I'm standing in for Ian Lee. He'll be back as usual on Monday. And uh, in the meantime, we can talk about whatever you want. As usual, don't worry about that. 0344-499-1000 is the number. Now, before the news, we started talking about this Joe Biden story. And I find it really fascinating that someone can get to the age of 76 and then um, give an apology like that or kind of woke and I've realised that things have changed um, without really realising that things have changed until you're 76. Have you ever hugged someone that doesn't want to be hugged? You can tell, right? If you're kissing someone that works for you in a junior capacity and they're not kissing you back, you know that they don't want it, right? So... How can you get to that point in your life where you have to make a public statement like that? Which, by the way, I don't think was an apology. It was kind of, oh, I see things have changed, but I'm someone who does this. And almost like um, his positive actions have been misunderstood and actually people should be grateful for them. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm over-egging this. Maybe I am. Let's have another listen to it. Um, because... It seems like his tone and everything seem kind of conciliatory, but it's not, is it? Here you go. Oh, hang on, hang on. Aretha's getting involved now. Shush. Aretha, this is not the time or place, although I hate to say shush to Aretha. Right, here we go. Folks, in the coming month, I expect to be talking to you about a whole lot of issues, and I'll always be direct with you, but today I want to talk about just as a support and encouragement that I've made to women and some men that have made them uncomfortable. Gestures of support and encouragement, which, according to the allegations, include kissing you on the neck. And I always tried to be, uh, in my career, I've always tried to make a human connection. That's my responsibility, I think. I shake hands, I hug people, I, I grab men and women by the shoulders and say, you can do this. And Isn't that nice of him? And uh, whether they're women, men, young, old, it's, it's the way I've always been. It's the way I've tried to show I care about them and I'm listening. And over the years, knowing what I've been through, the things that I've faced, I've found that scores, if not hundreds of people have come up to me and reached out for solace and comfort, something, something, anything that may help them get through the tragedy they're going through. And, and, uh, and, and so I, it's just, just who, who I am. And I've never thought of politics as cold and antiseptic. I, I've always thought it about connecting with people. As I said, shaking hands, uh, hands on the shoulder, a hug, uh, encouragement. And now, and now it, it's all about taking selfies together. Uh, you know, social norms have begun to change. They've shifted. And the boundaries of protecting personal space have been reset. And I... 
Have they, or have women just started saying, do you know what, I don't like that? I get it. I get it. Do you? I hear what they're saying. I understand it. And I'll be much more mindful. That's my responsibility. My responsibility, and I'll meet it. But I'll always believe governing, quite frankly, life for that matter, is about connecting, about connecting with people. That won't change, but I will be more mindful and respectful of people's personal space. Okay. And that's a good thing. Yep. That's a good thing. I've worked my whole life to empower women. I've worked my whole life to prevent abuse. I've written, a, and, and so the idea that I can't adjust to the fact that personal space is important, more important than it's ever been, is, is, is just not thinkable. I will. I will. Here's what I think, right, he's 76 and he, by his own admission, has been a touchy, tactile sort of person for his whole political career. People haven't, people haven't felt able to say anything to him, although there's this three, this is three women apparently who've spoken to the Washington Post on Wednesday, bringing to seven the number of women who've publicly voiced their objections to physical behaviour by Biden as he weighs a presidential bid. Uh, Viol Connett Yunt says that she was a White House intern in 2013 when Biden was vice president uh, under the then President Barack Obama. She was exiting the basement of the West Wing when she was asked to step aside to make way for Biden, who came over to greet her, shook her hand. He then put his hand on the back of my head and pressed his forehead to my forehead while talking to me. I was so shocked that it was hard to focus on what he was saying. I remember he told me I was a pretty girl. The former intern said she was uncomfortable and embarrassed by Biden's comments about her appearance, even though it was intended as a compliment, and she believed his intentions are good, right? I do not consider my experience to have been sexual assault or harassment, she said, but it was the kind of inappropriate behaviour that makes many women feel uncomfortable and unequal in the workplace. And then they talk about the video. Sophie Karasek said she met, uh, met Biden after the Oscars in 2016, where she'd been part of a group of sexual assault survivors who appeared on stage. Biden clasped her hands and placed his forehead against hers, a scene that was photographed at the time. Karasek told the Post she felt awkward and uncomfortable. Although she appreciated Biden's support, she said in his latest video, he still didn't take ownership in the way that he needs to. The third woman... Ali Cole said she met Biden when she was a Democratic staffer during the 2008 presidential campaign. He squeezed her shoulders and complimented her smile, and Cole said he held her for a beat too long. There's been a lack of understanding about the way that power can turn something that might seem innocuous into something that can make somebody feel uncomfortable, she said. Biden also has prominent defenders, including female political leaders who've said his physical greetings and gestures of support were well-intentioned and employed with both men and women and touted his strong record on women's rights. Your thoughts on that? Because I'm going to lay my cards on the table. I've worked in an environment where someone was overly tactile and a space invader, did nothing I could report or would have reported. I shrugged it off. People laughed about it because... He would kind of come in and um, isolate me in a way by sort of putting his chair too close to mine. He'd put his back to everyone else. It would be something that it was obvious to everyone else and they thought it was funny because he was a much older person and I was clearly squirming. Why didn't I say anything? Same reason a lot of these women didn't raise it before, probably, because you're hoping the moment will pass and you kind of do this mental maths. Is it worth causing a fuss?
Does he mean it? Probably not. But then they get to the age of 76 and they've been doing this the whole time and someone pulls the plug on it and they say that they never realised what they were doing was out of order. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. You kind of know though when you're hugging someone that they don't like it. I mean, Matt, what do you think about this one? Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? Um, I mean, obviously as a bloke, I, I've got no deep insight into how it feels to be on the receiving end of this kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, I know that um, following the, the whole Brett Kavanaugh thing, um, I'm really sorry, I can't remember the name of the woman that um, was accusing him of. Yeah what seemed to be very credible uh, allegations that he and his friends had uh, assaulted her. Yeah. Um, and yet she was just completely dismissed and he was appointed to the Supreme Court anyway. And also, don't you think it's interesting, Dr Christine Blasey Ford being accused of looking for publicity and no one can remember her name now it's over? I know, it's crazy, isn't it? And and I, I hope that's not just... I, I hope that is just my mm-hmm. ageing brain and not the fact that she's already been cast aside. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing with Biden is and slightly devil's advocate here, is that all, all these um, initial allegations of him being too touchy-feely kind of started surfacing around the time that all the allegations coming out against Trump when he was still a candidate. Right. Um, and they started, uh, the Republican you know, supporters started posting still photos taken from videos of him in various situations in the White House, greeting people and, and apparently you know, holding them up close to him and sniffing their hair and... <laughs> This big allegation that he was a hair sniffer. Yeah, one woman saying she sni- he sniffed her hair and kissed her neck. Now, kissing someone's neck is very intimate, isn't it? Yeah, it's wrong. It's wrong. And if he did do that, and there's no reason to doubt he did, then, yeah, he's absolutely wrong to have done that. And I think you're right. I think that there is a sense that he's an old bloke who's gone through his life without ever being pulled up on this mm-hmm. stuff, and he's suddenly realised, hang on, you know, I can't get away with it anymore. And, it, and he didn't, he wasn't, um, I mean, it's horrible to say sufficiently contrite Right. Given you know this kind of this sense that everyone's got to be sorry for everything these days, but yeah, I think he did. It, try it was to, the idea that the that things have changed. I don't think things have changed. I think he's just been made aware of his behaviour. No, I think that there's a there's a much greater awareness amongst the public as a whole that this stuff is real. Mm-hmm. I think until fairly recently, until the last few years, there's always been a an underlying sense. And I think most people have kind of said that you know have, have, have believed it, but there's been this underlying kind of, I don't know how to put it, it's this current of steering people away from believing these allegations are real and that it's hysterical women and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Here's and the thing, become... I, I think women have been saying it for a long time, but now there is kind of a movement whereby women are banding yeah. together. Yeah, I think so. And I think, I mean, that's obviously a power for good and, 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 you know, absolutely that should continue. I just worry that people like Joe Biden, who I personally believe deep down putting his behaviour around females aside, if you can, Mm -hmm. is a very decent bloke and is a very um, honest politician. There is an element of me as well, because I I don't like Trump. I I don't believe he is a uh, trustworthy, moral person. And I don't like the idea that he can post the video that he posted today on Twitter, basically taking the mickey out of Biden. Oh, yeah, I mean, he needs to sit down throwing stones. (laughs) He's also been accused of raping his first wife. Exactly. You know, you kind of think, "Mm, you know, he muddies the waters. But it's important that we don't dismiss allegations against other people because they're not Trump. Yeah. Um, Because here's the thing, thing. they could all be true. 
They could all be true. Yeah, and, it, and it could also be true, like you say, that otherwise he's a stand-up guy and, um, and maybe he's just all the way through his life behaved in a certain way and no one's pulled him up about it before. The key thing is that I don't think he's a pervert. I don't think he's a pervert. I don't think he's done anything for sexual gratification. I could be wrong about that, but I, my personal belief is that he hasn't. My personal right. belief is that Trump and others, um, including people in the Republican Party, I think... Uh, for some reason, Al Franken springs to mind, although there is something nagging at me telling me that that was set up as well, but it probably wasn't. But people like Trump and, and others like in, of his ilk who, who have surrounded themselves with sexual predators and who are, by all accounts, although it has to be stated that it's an allegation and not mm-hmm. proven, mm-hmm. are sexual predators of the sort that treat women as, as objects yeah. and as targets. And if if they can be seen to almost get away with the behaviour that they've committed in the past because this guy now touched a woman's shoulder or or did something inappropriate. I I really worry that it takes the focus off the real danger and the real issue, that there are still people, normally white men, normally sort of in the older generation still, even in my generation, I'm 45, and there are absolutely men of my age who objectify women and they treat them as, as targets and as, as, as uh, you know as people to be subjugated and to be to be conquered yeah um and i don't think biden is one of those and i don't think he ever has been no but tell you what else I, moving away from the men and their behavior yeah it adds to the kind of slow drip of behavior that leads to an atmosphere whereby women don't get on the same as men professionally for example, yeah. for example, I know that there are congressmen in uh, Washington who will not uh, allow female um, aides to be seen out with them at social occasions and uh, won't ride in cars with them, won't do certain things where they're one on one for whatever reason. Yeah. And I can see why, actually, you know, in this sort of environment where they are concerned about people smearing them for political reasons because it's nasty at the moment it is nasty out there but it has to be said nothing like that seems to have happened yet but what it means is the male aides are are johnny on the spot the whole time the women get held back professionally it's not it's not just congressman look mike mike pence won't allow himself to be in a room with another woman unless his wife is there yeah and that's a religious thing. And I think a lot of people put, you know, use the, their supposed religious beliefs to kind of excuse this misogynist behaviour. Yeah. But yeah, I absolutely agree. And then you look at the way that people like Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez are treated by, you know, by the Republican Party, that yeah. she's, because she's a woman and she's young, she must therefore be worthless and an idiot. Oh, exactly. Um, she's not entitled to her opinion yet because she's not a mother, she's not old enough, right. you know, and she's, mm. but she's a, an incredibly impressive person who's... Well, she's coming, she's amazing. I mean, you know, if, if either of my sons are as eloquent and determined and brave as she is, yeah. when they're her age, I will be, I'll, you know, I'll happily go to my grave knowing I've done everything I possibly could to have, to have raised them as the best people they could possibly be. But the, there are people that don't see that, people that see her because she's female, because yeah. she's young. Yeah. Um, mainly because she's female, I think, because if she was young and male, I don't think she'd get a, an eighth of the stick she gets. Here's the thing we're also missing out. She's very attractive. Yeah, that is, I mean, that's true. But I don't think... I think if, it, if she wasn't, she'd probably get a, a, an even worse time because then people would be posting Possibly. memes about her looking she, like a, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, let's look at young Hillary Clinton. <laughs> the way mm. people talked about her until she had a, you know, makeover, blue stocking, serious woman, Obama. she's got no sense of humour, all that sort of stuff. They you don't talk about men like that. Obama, yeah. You know, um, because she's 
black. You know, yeah. there's a lot of racists who say, well, automatically because she's female and black and therefore must be ugly. And then you get all these horrible people posting these memes of her being raised by apes in the jungle or whatever. It's just, it's, it's vile. Yeah. And, and and it is, as you say, it is, it is it is a hideous situation at the moment where this sort of stuff, and it's always been there to a certain extent, there's always been this kind of underlying current of, of, of hatefulness, but it's really come to the fore recently in the last few years, under Trump mainly, mm-hmm. but, you know, people like Farage and Boris Johnson who also say horrible things about people that they consider to be lesser humans. Yeah, you know, it's got quite it's, playground. It's, it's, yeah, I know exactly what you yeah. mean. But coming it's back horrible. to the, the the issue of you know women and not wanting be, to be invo- implicated in anything and uh, avoiding being in women's company and stuff, it's very mm. strange to me when you look at the number of allegations that are proven to be made maliciously or falsely. They are minuscule yeah. compared to the number of allegations which are found to be true. And yet mm. you don't find women not giving men the benefit of the doubt when it comes to working because we just you just have to crack on with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a very much a, a weighted situation. There's, there's no um, there's no equality at all, and I don't think there will be for a long time. Unfortunately, I mean, I think it's gradually, very very slowly moving in sort of the right direction, but it's still very much seen that women, in, particularly in politics, but also still in business, you know, that there is this sense that they are somehow less capable, less yeah. worthy of, of listening to. It's exactly. Is it so difficult to work out that if you wouldn't say it to a bloke, you shouldn't say it to a woman that you work with? Yeah, exactly. I mean, or if you wouldn't say it to somebody to their face, you couldn't say it in an email to somebody about somebody <laughs> else, or in a tweet, or you know, particularly in work situations where you know emails get sent around about the new temp or, or that that girl who works in marketing, or whatever. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't say it to a face, so don't say it behind her back. Yeah. And how would you and feel if they like, said it about your sister or your mum or your daughter? Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, maybe I, I've got no idea. I'm, I live a very sheltered existence, but maybe the you know, same thing happens with, with you know attractive blokes that come to work in companies, and the girls will start emailing around. But I don't know. But even if that was the case, I don't think that there would be it would be seen as such a big deal. Um, actually, that, I'm, I'm contradicting myself there because it also, also yeah, it, it it ought to be everything ought to be treated as the same issue that yeah. you're denigrating somebody on the basis of an attribute that doesn't have any bearing on their ability to do their job. Yeah, you're reducing them to a body, basically. Yeah, yeah, which has never happened to me because I'm fat and ugly and, you know, it doesn't bother me. But, um, you sound delightful, just, uh, Matt. Would you mind if I put my forehead against yours? <laughs> <laughs> just don't kiss my neck. <laughs> that is a weird one, though. I, I'm sorry. I, I can kind of bear with the rest, maybe touching someone's shoulder when you're talking, being tactile like that, yeah. but... Kissing yeah. someone's neck is, I mean, I mean I've been in situations where I've lent in to give someone a kiss on the cheek and I might have kissed Slipped. them slightly further back, like round the ear, which could be considered to be kissing their neck. And mm-hmm. that's just because I'm awkward. But, um, yeah, but if he did lean down and sort of nuzzle into the crook of her neck, <laughs> oh, then that, that is weird. No, 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 no. Anyway, Matt, was that what you rang up for? It wasn't, actually. Go on, um, then. But I, I'm, I'm conscious I'm taking up time that could be better served by other people talking. Oh, it's, uh, it's only Darren. Not... He'll, he'll hang on. He won't mind. <laughs> OK, well, so I'll keep it quick. Um, it, it's a sort of um, um, a devil's advocate kind of thing. I, I saw something on Twitter just a little while ago about... It's quite a, a soppy story that um, a girl had written a Mother's Day card to her mother who died last year yeah. and posted it. And then a post worker found the letter and replied as if he was her mum um and i my automatic response was why yeah don't do that don't tell kids that the whole thing was i'm looking down on you and watching over you for all your life 
And I find that really disturbing. I find the idea that kids should be told that there's some supernatural presence watching their every single move is really worrying. And I, just, I, I assume that other people will feel completely differently and think I'm some sort of evil no, monster. I, I felt a bit uncomfortable that. about it. I, I read that and I thought that's taking... Uh... That's taking a little bit of a gamble, isn't it, on what the situation is at home? Yeah, and it's taking a massive liberty by by pretending to know what that girl's relationship was. I mean, obviously, the girl had, and her mum had a loving relationship, otherwise she wouldn't have written a Mother's Day card yeah. to her dead mum. And it seems to have gone down know, well, it has to be said. It does seem to have gone down very well, which is why I was you know, wondering whether I should raise it or not, but I thought, well... No, but know. I know what you mean. When I read it, I did think, oh, I don't know. I don't know. How, it, that, yeah. that, that does seem to be... That, like I say, it's a gamble. It's a real gamble. And uh... I mean, I, I, my kids are nine and twelve, and I, I haven't made a point of kind of going on and on about it. But they are aware that my belief is that when you're dead, you're dead, mm. and there is no afterlife. There is nothing after this. Just live life for the now and do what you do the right thing because you want to do the right thing, not because you're worried if you don't, you'll go to hell because yeah. there is no hell. Mm. Um, and I'm sure that that flies in the face of you know of many people's beliefs. My ex-wife's um, partner is apparently sort of a reasonably not devout, but believes in some of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so obviously we'll be having a different conversation around that. And I do slightly worry about being seen to be deliberately contentious rather than actually telling what I really believe. But I really do believe that there is nothing after this. And that, and that um, you know, my dad died very young. He died 10 years ago. He was only 60. Mm-hmm. And if I thought he was looking down on me now, I'd just be like, oh God, I really hope he's, you know, he's judging me. He's judging me. You know, I haven't done, you know, my my brother is a hugely successful chartered accountant and I'm just this kind of dweeby little photographer in a flat in Manchester. And I just think, I don't want, I, don't, I wouldn't want my kids to be thinking after I've gone that I'm looking down and going, don't do that. Don't, you know, or, or you know, or don't touch yourself there. Or that sort of thing, you know. It's <laughs> no, disturbing um, to me. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And I'm sure your dad wouldn't ever think you were just anything. But I, I, I know what you're talking about. The other thing is, right, When if, they, if that kid is anything like mine, right, my do- youngest daughter is seven and she's been writing to the fairies recently. Mm. Um, and the fairies write back because yeah. I have a word with them, if you know <laughs> what I mean. But yeah. that girl has just got, a letter through the post from her dead mother. If she's anything mm. like my daughter, there'll be another letter. And what if that doesn't get replied to? Well, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that, but that's true. Yeah, that's a horrible thing, isn't it? Because then she's got to hope that she believes it and she's, she's hopeful that she's going to have this correspondence that <laughs> suddenly stops. It's going to be a bit... Yeah, it'd be, it'd be heartbreaking. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to raise it as a, as a talking point and I'm going to go away now. But um, Thanks, yeah, Matt. Thank you for... Thank you for putting that with me. Cheers. Good chats. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Darren, I'm going to come to you in a second. The late night alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech radio with a difference. Talk radio.